hello, this is Notes from the Back Row, a podcast like no other, different themes, rotating hosts, and so much more. So strap in for a veritable cinematic Coney Island of the mind. Welcome to Notes from the Back Row, the official podcast of Back-Row.com. Champions of unsung and underrated cinema. You are listening to the Cream of the Crud episode of Notes from the Back Row, our first in over a month. This is where Carlo and I talk about what we've been watching, news of notable releases, movies we've screened, and much more. It is a veritable potpourri of podcasting for the cinematically deranged. My name, as always, is Dan Gorman, and I... I'm here with Carlo. Hello, Carlo. Yo, we've we've been uh, well, both of us at some point took a bit of a, you know, not a hiatus, but we kind of were focusing on some other things for a little while. Uh, you mm-hmm. especially recently had a, yeah. a good little gap there without many movies. eh? yeah, I'm still I'm still kind of in the gap, to be honest, like I'm, yeah. I'm watching some movies here and there again. But I was just like just now before you hit record checking how much how many movies i have watched since hold on february 6th we watched top kids for the crud buddy screening yes yeah since then i have seen hold on one eight movies nice <laughs> i don't many. know if, i don't know if it's nice but it's not many <laughs> it's it's i don't know it's been weird uh it's not something i'm doing intentionally uh i'm just doing other stuff i guess kind yeah, of it happens kind of, yeah i don't know like sometimes you just need to reset your movie brain and i guess i sort of involuntarily i'm doing that yeah uh, what am i doing I'm, I'm i'm finishing some video games i've been meaning to finish for a long time uh i had like for example metroid dread on switch for since it came out sort of no wait uh probably since like october just uh not yeah. not finishing it, not continuing it. I finished that. Uh, I finished Resident Evil Village. I nice. finished. I just got like uh, the Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. I fin- oh, yeah, I, I finished the Bowser's Fury, Fury thing. It wasn't that long, but uh, I've been doing that. I've been drawing more. Um, nice. Yeah, because I've been really out of drawing stuff, and I just picked my tablet up again. I'm like. I don't know. Let's just draw some stuff. Uh, yeah. Try and do other things as well. Yeah, no, Here, all kinds of here's things. Here's something for the listeners and people out there. Uh, mm. This is like a fun challenge that you can do. Um, <laughs> it's called the Hire Carlo to do your Blu-rays or posters <laughs> or whatever <laughs> challenge. And it's... <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. I'm open, I'm, op- I'm open to it, but I don't see it happening. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, I made an entire movie zine, the Crud Buddies. Well, it was mm-hmm. Chud Buddies back then, movie zine with a bunch of my drawings, hoping so good. hoping some people would see it and be like, yeah, you know, let's let's hire this guy. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> in, in the first place, I'm just drawing because I enjoy it. I enjoy exactly losing time, just losing time and 
focusing and then afterwards being uh, that sense of fulfillment of having created something or not. Sometimes you just get frustrated. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I know. I try. <laughs> totally. I yeah. I just looked it up in it. You watched eight movies yeah. since that, and and since I Top watched Kids, yeah. fifty. Damn, that's <laughs> that's like my average before the yeah. uh, the weird hiatus. I, I I think like on the last episode, I was like, man, I've seen over, I've already seen like sixty movies this year, and it was like start of February ish. Yeah. <laughs> so we did kind of a I don't know. Uh, yeah, it feels like I've been going slower, but. Um, guess not. <laughs> I guess not. And I guess it's just been more like, you know, I haven't had a lot of days where I've watched like two or three or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just like been like, steady. yeah, just yeah. like steady one or two every Ooh, other okay. day kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. There are definitely days where I miss it, where I'm like, man, I would like to watch something today, but then I, I don't really know what, because I have so much stuff I can potentially yeah. watch that I feel overwhelmed a little bit. I've been cleaning up like my Plex. I've moved a bunch of stuff uh, uh, to a hard drive. I barely use uh, all stuff where I'm like, I will probably never watch this. So I'm just going to put it on this hard drive <laughs> so I don't lose the files and, and, yeah. and my backups of movies um, that I have. So maybe one day I can access them if I want to. Uh, but I don't know, like kind of like filtering for myself to keep it manageable because of, <laughs> like I say, I've, I've accumulated so many movies I want to watch. And it's at one point you're just not watching anything anymore and you're not making a dent in your yeah. watch list whatsoever. And you're just ignoring the pile in the corner. Of yeah. Movies. <laughs> and you hate it when it becomes like a, a day where you're putting movies on and you know, and I mean, obviously, this is a good problem to have, but there's days <laughs> where you're just like, you know, you put like two or three movies on yeah, in a row. And you're, just, you're just kind of like going through the motions. You're just like, I guess yeah. I'll put these movies on and I will watch them and yeah. then I will probably not have much to say or think about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you sort of like burn out and you're like, yeah, uh, I, I didn't feel anything. And maybe I, I shouldn't have done that. And maybe I should have kept it for a better, more, I don't know, space it out. And uh, it, it can feel kind of like a waste watch yeah. movies that way as well it's 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 hard to strike that balance because like you watch a really good movie and then you want to keep that dopamine thing going yeah. and you watch another one and uh yeah i don't know um it's it's hard to strike a balance right now my balance is way off like i've watched uh in the past well almost like two months ish less like if I, if I look at my letterbox stats it's just like kind of been barren uh, for the first time in a long, long time. Um, yeah, but but I'll get back to it for sure. I mean, I still love movies. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that, that, that hasn't changed. Um, <laughs> I did see a couple of good ones since we last recorded. Just not that nice. many. Like usually, uh, when we get to the recommendations part, I'm like, oh man, I really have to pick and choose because I've seen so many movies. There's like ten I won't be able to talk about, so I'll just keep it to. <laughs> two movies <laughs> and this time I'll, 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 it'll be more like well i watched two good movies so i'll watch i'll talk about those two good movies <laughs> yeah sweet so, well know. speaking of movies that we've watched mm. 
if you go to crudbuddies.club, you can find a link to our schedule for the screenings that we do with the Crud Buddies, usually on Sundays. And you can see there that uh, coming up, we will have just watched when this comes out a movie called Twisted Fear. Um, and next up on the 27th of March, we are screening a movie called Sentinel 2099 from 1995. It's like a really low budget regional science fiction, like mech movie. Mm, okay. So um, I, yeah. I, I know the title, but, but that's it. I don't know. Yeah. It's got a cool VHS. Hmm. Um, but uh, we also just recently screened the AIP action joint Sudden Thunder from 1990. Um, how was that pretty good yeah yeah like you know you expect aip can be you know up and down touch and go (laughs) quality wise sure um yeah (laughs) Yeah, sure (laughs) and yeah this was like an interesting movie it was uh like uh (laughs) this woman from like the miami vice squad like her father is killed in a way that is kind of questionable and so she gets a bunch of like uh friends together miami cop friends to help like clean up the town and figure out what happened Mm. and it's like it's really cheesy and silly uh uh sounds a little bit like private wars yeah like uh i can see that it it, this is a little bit like the cleaning up the town kind of thing you know yeah less silly i think but um definitely has has some some fun action and yeah there's definitely like a lull in the in the center of it but there was a part near the end where a person got a lit stick of dynamite put in their mouth and then they blew up and flew out a window and i was like that's an extra half star (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah Yeah. i haven't been making many screenings lately it's i guess part of my i don't know taking some distance from movies kind of thing yeah uh so but that Twisted Fear one, that's one I think I put on the Crab Buddies YouTube. You so, uh, but I also put Sudden Thunder on there. It's it's, yeah. it's it's good that that Sudden Thunder movie is worth the watch. You would say? Yeah, I would say so. If you're if you're okay. like in in the mood for like a a kind of cheap action movie, you can do a lot worse than that. I would say. Oh, okay, because like it's a movie, uh, very obscure. Barely anyone has seen it on Letterbox. More people have seen it now. Uh, a couple more, at least. Um, but yeah, I found a copy of it and was like, this is a movie that no one knows about. I'll just put it on YouTube and then people might be able to find out if it's any good. And um, yeah, then we screened it. And yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's worth a watch. Yeah. From what I hear, it's a movie that doesn't deserve to be entirely forgotten. <laughs> but it was yeah up until now <laughs> like almost yeah, entirely totally. yeah sometimes Sweet. i come across these movies uh where like no one has seen it no one is talking about it and there is a copy somewhere floating around and and yeah i used to do it more actively and then i just put it on the on our youtube channel yeah um because you never know i don't know yeah it might be worth that that was one of those that i think um at a, like i think a year or so ago um mm-hmm. a big kind of like cache of vhs rips went up on archive.org and there was like a lot of aip movies in there too and i oh, think maybe one of those then maybe it came from there or something like that but yeah i oh. remember it, like it was definitely pretty low quality vhs rip and i think that that's yeah, yeah, all yeah. that exists on the internet for that movie unless you want to go buy the actual vhs yourself somewhere so yeah yeah okay cool. sweet 
Uh, so yeah, crudbuddies.club. Check it out. And now we are going to answer your questions. In our calls from the public segment. So go to crudbuddies.club. You can find a link to our Discord there uh, where we have a whole channel for the podcast. We pop in there and say, ask us some questions when we go to record. So you can do that there. Uh, So today's question comes from Vieris Tallow. In light of the Hulu movie Fresh, what's your favorite film about cannibalism and do you have any hot takes on how the theme fits to horror films? Like, it's pretty messed up to eat someone, but actually presenting it that way, that is creepy scary rather than shocking gory, seems exceedingly difficult. Um, hmm. So he's saying that, is it's, true. that it's more instantly goofy, or <laughs> what is he saying? I think the, the question is, like, like, why is it so hard to present cannibalism in a scary way? Because when you think of cannibal movies, you think of, like, cannibal ferox eaten alive you know mm-hmm. like zombie holocaust like all, all these movies that are like gross out movies but like they don't scare you you know what i mean yeah but i mean what's a scary movie though i don't know <laughs> that's that's a th- that's an even tougher question like how do you make any movie actually scary like there's maybe a handful of movies that i can think of that or, or barely that i actually consider scary yeah uh, as for cannibal movies, I don't know if I've seen that many cannibal movies, really. It's, it's, yeah. it's not really a thing I go for, maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, don't uh, know. I really like eating Raul. <laughs> That's a good movie, but it's not scary. <laughs> no, it's not Absolutely scary, not. but it's, it's, it's a good it's, one. It's just it, it's a delightful movie, but it's not scary. Yeah. yeah. Well, I like, like the tone as well as well. Yeah. I think part of the question is just like, what movies do we really like that are cannibal movies? Um, Okay. Eating Raul is a really good one because I was uh, looking at a letterbox list of like cannibal movies and eating Raul is not listed in there. And I'm like, Oh, okay. uh, It should be in there. So yeah, that's, that's on this list. But, but the stuff I'm seeing on this list is like, the one thing I like is like Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. I guess that's, Mm -hmm. that's all cannibals cannibalism isn't it like the texas chainsaw massacre movies in general are just that they they eat people i I suppose (laughs) Mm -hmm. i'm surprised there's not a better cannibal list on there should be uh oh i guess i just found one a lot of them i found had like 20 movies and they were all italian cannibal movies Uh Um, but i did find one with a hundred that had stuff like raw the french film which was really good seen that as well um and some other stuff like oh, okay uh, there's yeah. there's a movie i'll talk about later that's on this list as well that should, oh, should cool. be on real and blood feast blood feast is a i suppose a cannibal movie that's mm-hmm. one i like a lot as well for for some reason this is coming to mind there's a movie called lucky stiff from 1988 that was directed by lucky uh anthony perkins um, uh, yeah, yeah, but it yeah. sucks. So <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> oh yeah. There's one called the uh, cannibal apocalypse, Italian yeah. movie that I talked about, I think last year that I quite like. Okay. Uh, you like parents, don't you? The movie. Oh, I love parents. Yeah. yeah. That, that's a cannibal movie. Um, nice. People under the stairs is listed here as well. I'm like, is that a cannibal movie? I don't know. I don't know. Do they <laughs> eat somebody in that? This this list is pretty broad here, the one mm. I found, I feel, because I saw another one. Is Psycho's in Love about cannibalism? I, also I don't, don't think so. I also don't remember Psycho's maybe. in Love being about cannibalism, really. Maybe it's mentioned. Yeah, maybe. Or like, yeah. what else? Wait, 
doesn't in cycles in love don't they like meet like a guy and doesn't he want them to eat him or something i can't remember mm, maybe. yeah 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 yeah. that does ring a bell sort of um, yeah yeah i don't know or, or like he auntie lee's meat pie yeah auntie lee's meat pies that's <laughs> that's definitely about cannibalism uh oh yeah cannibal women in the avocado jungle of death uh, starring <laughs> bill maher Ugh. yeah yeah i've seen that movie it's meh <laughs> it's, it's not great i don't know it's yeah just, I, I think that's probably why the the you know the the part the part of the question about like you know why does it seem hard to make like an actual horror movie about it is just like i think you know the idea kind of eating like a person kind of sits on that line between like a horrifying idea but then like not goofy or anything, but like mm-hmm. it has that, like it feels like it's always sitting on a line of like black comedy, like ravenous. Yeah. You know? yeah, like yeah. There's a cannibal movie. That's like not a scary movie, but it also is like a horror movie that straddles like a comedic and dark maybe, angle on. Yeah. Maybe the thing with like cannibal movies is that it's, it feels far removed from reality. Yeah. You know, like when you, I'm sure like cannibal stuff pops up in the news, like, once in a while maybe but still i don't know it's not something i think of yeah weekly monthly or even like maybe once a year i think about uh because of a movie about cannibalism it's not like a daily crime thing yeah yeah you know there was a recent true crime series on netflix and one of the episodes is a two-parter about a non-cannibal related murder but mm. the, the the first episode is all about how this like person who is saying they are a cannibal is involved in this in this uh, mm-hmm. this crime. Yeah, and they go into the like the website where like people go and say like I want to be eaten and all this stuff, <laughs> and all these people are bragging about like yeah I've got this like cabin in the woods where I like grill people and stuff, and it's pretty okay. It's pretty fucked up. I feel okay. like presenting it may maybe the more straight faced you present it yeah yeah like, yeah like the more banal it's presented the more i think potentially scary it would be like if it was a movie that was just about like a guy walking around finding people he ties them up he takes them out he like you know yeah, yeah, mechanically yeah. just like barbecues them and starts like you know <laughs> yeah like that would be really freaky whereas in fresh it's like presented in this very like pop exploitation kind okay. of like thriller way where that kind of undercuts the scariness oh okay yeah i yeah. don't know this movie fresh uh so i haven't seen a trailer yeah. or anything so i don't know what the tone is it's worth a watch okay i thought it was pretty good hmm. okay. yeah i know the nine isn't there like a 90s movie called fresh yep. as well uh um, 1994 i think yeah 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 yeah, yeah. good I movie have- yeah, I've always heard that's a good movie, but I still haven't seen it. It's like one I've been wanting to see for, I don't know, like maybe 10 years or something since I found yeah, out about the movie. Yeah, that was worth a watch. Looks good. Yeah. Uh, so that's calls from the public. Um, let us know. Remember, go to credbuddies.club. Hit us up on our on our Discord, and you can ask us questions. Mm. But for now, we're going to talk about some Blu-rays. <laughs> I looked at Twitter and I found some new releases. Um, si- since our last episode, though, I have been continuing my purchases. I I bought The Farmer. I bought Tough Guys Don't Dance. I <laughs> bought American Scream. Uh, I don't think I have anything else in the mail, but yeah. Okay. So S- still have enough space for 
stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For now. Yeah. Um, one that I won't buy, but that did tickle my fancy a little bit was when I sent you the Double Dragon animated series Blu-ray. And I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> Have you ever seen that show? I feel like I've seen a little of it, but not a lot. Okay. I don't remember it very much. Like, I don't remember whether it was good or not. I'm sure it was just I, whatever. I, I didn't know that was a thing. A double dragon cartoon. I didn't yeah. even know until you linked me. Uh, until you linked me. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So I know the movie. I've seen the movie. Movie's good. Yeah. If if that's something you want, Discotech Media is gonna hook you up. <laughs> um, I mentioned the American Scream Blu-ray that was put out by Culture Shock releasing. They have announced they're putting out a movie called Games of Survival from 1989. Um, which is notable for me because uh, the uh, the review that I looked at on Letterboxd was from Shay from Movie Melt. Oh, cool. Um, and they said at least 50 minutes of this movie is fight scenes. <laughs> okay. So, if, I mean, if they're done well, <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that has like a, looks like, I, I just enjoy that culture shock. Um, they seem to be just putting out like really fun, obscure picks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, American Scream was something that's like not on a lot of people's radar. And now this kind of late 80s, you know, action military looking movie that, okay. you know, is probably just sitting on a VHS somewhere. You know, mm-hmm. I, I enjoy that. It's like it's it's even removed from like my circle of, you know, knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> and I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I haven't heard about this movie whatsoever. Yeah. So that's cool. <laughs> it's like. I say this time and time again, but it's sometimes it's just like these movies just materialize out of nowhere and you're like, yeah. Oh, okay. So there's still eighties movies or whatever from that era, like exploitation stuff uh, on a budget that's still completely undiscovered and actually great. Um, yeah. It blows my mind every time. <laughs> um, speaking of th- this, isn't totally unknown, but um, it's only notable for me and for a weird reason, this, this movie from 1984 called thief of hearts, um, which I, I know because there was a point where I got really obsessed with EG Daly's music and (laughs) they have a couple songs on the thief of hearts soundtrack. So I was making a big like eighties soundtrack uh, Mm -hmm. playlist and I ended up putting a bunch of songs off this soundtrack on there. And it has a kind of like eighties noir like neo noir poster and so it's always been in my mind of like should i watch thief of hearts (laughs) i don't think it's like um, yeah sorry go for it no someone i just saw that someone on letterbox saying like it has a quote uh god dear harold faltermeyer score yeah so (laughs) not 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 just eg daily but also harold faltermeyer so yeah, I don't know I don't if know. it's like a well-regarded movie. I don't know if it got uh, good reviews, but it <laughs> doesn't, doesn't really seem to be on Letterboxd necessarily, but so few people, relatively yeah. so few people have seen it. Like as for people I follow on Letterboxd, just the one I just mentioned. And it, it's like someone who doesn't really rate movies. Yeah. So um, I, I can't say like other people. Maybe I'll see it. Generally, I don't trust. <laughs> yeah. uh, other, <laughs> other than the and even for, even the people on Letterboxd I follow, it depends what kind of movie uh yeah that, that'll be like okay i trust what this person is saying about this kind of movie <laughs> um but i don't yeah. know yeah if it's, it's if it's this era 80s it has a good soundtrack worth a watch worth a watch yeah yeah 
the only other one I wrote down was the news about unearthed films putting out a R-rated cut of The Giver, which uh, this was announced a little while ago, and I was like, did I did I read this and forget about it and read it again? Or <laughs> I what? don't remember. Like, I, yeah, I really don't remember. <laughs> I don't know if that's like never been able to be seen, but it. I want to see it. Yeah, I wonder what that what that means. Unrated Giver, because I feel. I feel like that movie, it has like crazy practical effects, but nothing like uh, R-rated worthy no. from my memory. So I know there's some blood like and I yep. always remember thinking like, oh, that was a little bit surprising for a PG-13, you know, in the in America film. Mm-hmm. So okay. maybe they just shot a bunch of more like gruesome more stuff thinking <laughs> they could get away with it because they're kind of monsters, not, not yeah, humans. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, same. I don't know. Um, that movie is, is that's a very flawed movie, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it has cool monsters. It's it's so. a movie I have to constantly come back to because I loved it when I was a kid. Oh, this and you? I feel okay. like I flip flop. I like I watch it and I go like I love that movie, or then I watch it and I go no, that's actually a really stupid movie. And then I watch it, and I'm like yeah, but it's stupid in a good way. And you know, I just keep flipping back and forth. Isn't it a little <laughs> too long for what it is as well? I remember Probably. I remember thinking like this could lose like I don't know a bunch of scenes and it'd be yeah. better. Giver 2 is. <laughs> Giver 2 is pretty Giver 2 is 2, two hours, hours which Ugh. yeah, I mean Trim it down. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember not liking that movie, but uh, I like it otherwise. It's just too long. <laughs> yeah, but 2 hours is uh, like pretty hefty for that yeah. kind of movie, I don't know. Like I've been mm-hmm. meaning to go back to it, but the, the 2 hour thing is it's holding me back. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, I've I've thought about like, oh, should we screen it? And then I'm like, oh yeah, two hours. Never two mind. Hours, yeah, for a screening, <laughs> y- you can't do that. You I really know. can't. Like on your own time, okay, but you can't steal two hours from other people. <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> Seventy minutes, absolutely. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> yeah. That's the um, sweet spot. Yeah. Well. Let's get into then uh, the stuff that we have been watching in our crud corner. Crud! This is where we talk about the stuff that we have been watching since the last time we recorded. Uh, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, sure. I can go first. Um, All right. Uh, let's see. What do I talk about? Like in terms of movies, um, I for the first time since I saw freaking Sonic the Hedgehog in in theaters and. Early 2020, I finally saw a movie in the theater again, uh, again for the first time in two years. Yeah, it's been like like my two year anniversary of not going to to the movies. Uh, so there's a, a film festival in Brussels right now. Um, it, it usually takes place every March. Uh, they've been go- it's called the Off Screen Film Festival in Brussels. It's like a pretty notable thing, especially in Europe. It's like if you're into cult movies, B-movies, it really is the place to be. And I honestly wish I had found out about it sooner um, because the first time I really was aware of it, it might have been like 2018, 19. Uh, first time I went there was in 2019. I did some intros uh, for two movies as well. I did an intro for uh, Paul Schrader's Hardcore. Um, nice. And another movie I'd never seen before, but yeah. Uh, and then COVID sort of happened and I didn't go back and the film festival was sort of up in the air as well in 2020. I think it took place online that year or like 
they, hmm. it, they might have started the festival, but then had to close after a week. Normally it's like three weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but this year they're back, like right before the film festival starts. Belgium's also like, okay, masks aren't necessary anymore. Uh, no, uh, you know, like uh, QR codes to get in. It's all all bets are off and yeah. numbers are way down. Uh, it's It's all cool again to go to the movies and like in the olden days. <laughs> uh, so I went, uh, I went for a twofer. I saw first movie was the Ebola syndrome. Uh, and I did, uh, the movie after that was the cat directed by Lamna Ch- uh, Choi, the director yes. of story of Ricky. I um, still need to see the cat. The cat's real good. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that director has so few misses, uh, and, and the cat is a, is another, I think it's the last movie he did as well. Uh, what a way to go out. Uh, I yeah. couldn't finish. I couldn't stay for the cat because I had my, had to take a train back, um, to where I live. I, I could only watch like the first half of the movie and then finish the rest on the train on my tablet, which wasn't the same because, um, <laughs> the, the cat is a visually very cool movie and the print they had for the Screen film festival. It wasn't like the highest quality, but it's the quality is way better than any version you will find online or whatever from uh, taken from a DVD, I think. Uh, so it's really nice to see it in like pretty pretty much HD on a big screen. Definitely gave it an extra punch. Um, but then, yeah, I, I, I just wanted to finish the movie. I'd not seen the cat in forever. So I finished it on my tablet uh, on the train back home. Um, but I kind of just wanted to talk about the Ebola syndrome more because that's okay. such a man. That's a that's a problematic movie. <laughs> um, so you think, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it really is. Like uh, we we're talking about cannibal movies earlier. That that is basically a cannibal movie because it's about a guy, a real um, sleazy, nasty guy played by Anthony Wong. And, and sort of like the, the role he was born to play. Like he always played sleazy, nasty characters in Hong Kong movies. But this is like the worst character ever to be put on screen. It's incredible. Like the movie starts off, uh, he gets into an alter- altercation with his boss, uh, has sex with his wife, and then he basically stabs them all. And then there's like a time skip of like 10 years. He's, he's fleeing. Uh, he's, he, um he, he's, he's fled from uh, Hong Kong to South Africa and he's working in a restaurant there. A uh, bunch of stuff happens. He gets Ebola, but turns out he is basically immune to this disease, but he passes it on to a bunch of other people. So it sort of gets this vibe of like, a, I felt, to me, the movie felt sort of like a Bruno Mattei zombie movie. You know, that, okay. that tone of movie, because it's all like very colorful, uh, the, the cinematography, and it's, it's, it's basically a comedy, a very problematic comedy, <laughs> because of yeah. the movie has like these sound effects and Anthony Wong's acting. Uh, I've said this before, but it's basically like Nicolas Cage in Hong Kong. He's really going for it and his facial reactions. And also, like, I, I don't know Cantonese really other than a couple of words, but you can tell from his line deliveries that they're just funny, the way he delivers the lines. And they're, okay. they're also, 
I was shaking my head so often during this movie, like just in disbelief. Like this is so fucked up, but you can't help but laugh. Not not okay. at not at all of the stuff because there's some yeah. stuff like I I told you this on Discord as well. There's animal cruelty in this movie. Uh, there's the kind where it happens and it, it catches you off guard and you've seen it. But there's also the kind where you see it coming. And you can look away if you want, which I did because I don't want to sh- see that shit again. I've seen it enough in Hong Kong movies. Uh, there's also a bunch of like simulated rape in that movie, which is not cool. But it it it's the animal cruelty is harder for me to see because that that shit is real. It's actually yeah. happening. Animals are being killed for in 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 um for the purpose of this movie. There's no going back on that. And, and you yeah, know, exactly. Displaying like simulated rape. There's so many movies that do that. It's it, it actually fits in terms of like, um, like I was having a discussion with Michelle about this as well. Like uh, how every simulated rape scene in the movie is gratuitous and it is, but in Ebola syndrome, it's almost like this serves the purpose of just showing how depraved and how sleazy this character is. And Michelle was like, well, there's other ways of showing that. I'm like, yeah, but if you we the way they chose to approach it and really take it far is yeah, in 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 those kind of things. Mm. And the way he gets Ebola as well, uh, it's um it's it's a it's a nasty movie, and I don't know if I can recommend it to anyone. And it's it's, <laughs> it's like I gave it four stars on Ladderbox, but I didn't give it a like because I'm not a psych- yeah. because I'm not a psychopath. <laughs> 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 you know, if you give this movie a like, whatever, I'm not calling you a psychopath, but it's it I just couldn't like I, I don't like this movie, but it's not boring. Yeah. And it made me laugh despite itself. So it was kind of conflicting to watch. Um yeah. So yeah, like the the person who um, scheduled this movie, like uh, Vanessa, a friend of mine, um, recently became a patron of the show as well. So I said I would give her a shot, <laughs> and right. that's what that's what I'm doing now. Um, she put together this like whole Hong Kong category three and um, movies that sort of like. Um, fall outside of any categories it's it's a whole bunch of stuff from like hong kong mainly um uh, ebola syndrome was one of the movies uh and she said to me as well like i this isn't really my type of movie i'm not really into this but i believe that the off-screen audience they're always looking for like subversive extreme stuff it's what they come for so it's basically just like catering catering to that audience um but yeah, that festival has done a bunch of really cool movies. Like I, um, I was sort of talking to her about potentially putting together a module for next year. Uh, we're gonna have more conversations about that. So in preparation for that, I put together a list of all the movies they've shown since 2008. They're on their 15th edition wow. right now. It's a list of like 700-ish movies. So they've <laughs> done moly. a lot, a whole lot. And I was like, oh man, I hope I'm going to find stuff that I think is worth showing. Um, and, and, and I was able to, but also like in their early years, they did a, an entire module on William Castle movies. Oh, sweet. Yeah, where um, like one of the William Castle movies, like every William Castle, not, not every William Castle movie, but most like uh, the most known William Castle movies always had a gimmick. Uh, you know, like in the Tingler, um, some seats would have buzzers on them and you would be encouraged to shout 
because yeah. the buzzer means the tingler is there and you have to shout it away. That's the entire setup of the thing, the tingler, that movie. Um, I believe the gimmick they did because I found some photos of the the edition. Um, they did Mr. Sard- Sardonicus and right before the end of Mr. Sard- Sardonicus, uh, which is the antagonist of the story, uh, you get to vote uh, about <laughs> what happens to Mr. Sardonicus. Like, do you want to punish him or do you want to, you know, let him go? And punish. Yeah. Obviously, <laughs> William Castle knows how people are and you want to see the the villain get his, you know, get his. And apparently a, a different ending was never filmed because William Castle knew, like, I'm... Um, I'm just banking on people want to see the fucked up shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This, this is what they did in Brussels as well. They had like uh, papers with like thumbs up or thumbs down and then people had to hold them up. I don't know the outcome of what happened back then, but there's only one version of Mr. Sardonicus to show. So <laughs> that's what happened. Um, they also did a module on Todd Browning movies. Um, that's cool. Like, like silent movies and, and 30 stuff. Uh, they did the female prisoner scorpion movies. They've done a Shaw Brothers module. Honestly, everything cool and culty. Um, they've even done a Barbarian Brothers movie. Uh, they, they, I, I believe, uh, yeah, I believe as a guest they had Ruggiero Deodato at one point who directed the Barbarians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they they always get like crazy guests where I'm like, man, they must have like really cool connections. Uh, the first year I went there, uh, their guest of honor was R- Roberta Finlay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've also oh, had Jack cool. Hill. I think they also have Frank Hanenlauter. And and right now, as I'm talking, I believe Jeff Lieberman is there. Um, well, the movie's playing now, but he uh, introed uh, Just Before Dawn, which is playing right now in Brussels. Uh, that rules. Yeah, and tomorrow they're showing, uh, hold on, let me check the program. Squirm and remote control as well. And then the next day, blue sunshine. So there's an entire like Jeff Lieberman thing in in Brussels going on right now. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then uh, next week, I'm going to go see Karate on the Bosporus, which is a, um, it's a Turkish movie starring Turkish action star legend, Cüneyt Arkin, um, that was made in the 70s. And in the 80s, Godfrey Ho, got his hands on this movie and you know what godfrey ho does oh yeah he he retitles the movie he inserts footage like in this movie he inserts like footage of like bolo young and and other things (laughs) and i believe he renamed the movie ninja killer uh, because there has to be ninja in the title with godfrey ho you know (laughs) uh so i'm gonna see that next wednesday um the the 23rd of march uh i don't know which version we're going to get because I asked Vanessa as well, like which version, uh, because it's uh, coming out of the archives they have there in Brussels. Like this is a movie, uh, this print, uh, they've had that in their archives since the eighties. It is karate on the Bosporus, uh, Turkish Hong Kong movie hmm. with Dutch and French subtitles, okay. uh, which I think is just, just kind of cool. Like, man, this, this came out here actually in Belgium back in the day, this movie that yeah. barely anyone has ever seen like even on letterbox there's like 30 people who've seen it maybe i know justin has seen it because i was talking earlier with him about this movie um he says it's a fun one so i'm, I'm curious which version i'll get the version that has like bolo young stuff or not or like the actual original 
thing with like Chunek yeah, Arkin, yeah. but uh, Lokar Wing worked on it as well, brother of Lokar Lung. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of excited about that because I asked her like, how did you even find this weird Turkish-Hong Kong hybrid movie? And she was like, yeah, we just had it in the archives and uh, the, <laughs> the rights to show this movie are zero. Like we can just show it for free. So, yeah. so that's what we do, <laughs> you know, fill up some spots. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's it in terms of like that festival. If you, if you ever consider coming to Belgium, I'd say, um, the wait, when's it? it's, it's like March, almost like the entirety of March. March is a good, uh, time to come to Belgium. <laughs> if you're into B movies, cult movies and the weather's fairly nice as well. So, you know, nice. it's, uh, it's a plug for Belgium. Like I, yeah. I, I sometimes like, uh, I'm kind of down on living here cause there's not always a lot to do, but then it's something like that. It's a small country. So it's like for my place as well. Like I live on the entire, uh, on, on the east, east side of Belgium, it takes an hour by train to go to Brussels. <laughs> and then I go see some crazy shit on the big screen, uh, where otherwise I would never get the, the chance to see it. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's it. In my mind, when you said it's a small country, I was like, you're only smoking one cigarette. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I don't get you that know, reference. Uh, the Simpsons? It's a big country. <laughs> oh, flavor country. Yeah. <laughs> it's a small country. I only need one cigarette. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah that's it if you want to check it out check out off screen festival brussels uh cool stuff Sweet. still going on until the end of the month um yeah they're also showing uh mad god the phil Tippett animated movie oh cool yeah i i want to go to that but i don't think i can make it that it's that's happening this sunday actually so uh after this episode is out so sorry for the late tip <laughs> mm. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. What about you? You talk about something because I feel like okay. I've been going on and on about. Uh... So I, I was really struggling with what I wanted to talk about, but I think what I'm going to have to do is pull my Canadian card, you know, and, <laughs> and just talk about some good old Canadian movies. Eh? Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to talk about is just kind of like a, like PSA for people out there. Like there's a YouTube channel called Encore Plus. Canadians know about it a little bit like film people kind of know about it but mm. um it is as far as I can tell I put some YouTube videos into like a website where it checks like if a video is region locked or not and as far as I can tell their stuff is not region locked um but basically this is a channel that uploads like Canadian television like episodes of shows nice. but they also upload movies um, generally in as good of a version as you'll find for these, some of these movies. Mm. Um, and so I watched these two movies that I'm just going to do a kind of like real quick review of each of them. I'm not going to spend a ton of time, but like, feel just free. To show, I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. Just, just like to show you that, like, like it's so crazy in Canada, like a movie can be like nominated or, you know, won a genie award and mm -hmm. all this stuff. And then like, no, no one talks about it or whatever. And there's, so there's, there's all these movies in Canada that I feel like are starting to get their due, like with uh clear cut coming out on Blu-ray and mm -hmm. stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. So, so the, the first one I wanted to talk about was this film called Malarick from 1988. Mm. Uh, and the reason Never why I watched <laughs> the reason why I watched it was because I I um, I think it had just shown up on 
a letterboxd. I was looking through Canadian movies or something, and I just happened to come across it and was like, oh, okay, it's like got 30, 30 views. I'm going to see what it's about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's about, uh, it's about this uh, journalist named Victor Malarik, who is a real person. And this movie is based on their autobiography called Hey Malarik. Um, I wasn't really familiar with uh, Malarik before I watched this movie, mm. um, but it's a true story about how they did an investigation um, around a teenage suicide at a detention center in Quebec. Okay. And so uh, Malarik is is played by Eli- uh, Elias Cotius. Oh, nice. Um, who's in a lot of movies. Yeah, I like him. Um, yeah. Yeah, great. Um, and great in Malarik as Victor Malarik, mm-hmm. but this, this was like nominated for a genie feels totally forgotten, but, um, was really, really cool. Uh, I, I thought it was really great. Lots of like, uh, interesting small parts from other Canadians, like the, a young Ross Hull from, are you afraid of the dark? Okay. And, um, Roger Cardinal directed it, who has done a few things, but not, um, not a ton. They made a movie called winter games aka sex in the snow in the 70s <laughs> okay which was like yeah sex in the snow. What it sounds like sounds like a bad idea <laughs> yeah like a raunchy sports movie. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a um, ski, uh, <laughs> yeah but but roger cardinal's direction was like really good and mm-hmm. it made me like wish that like i could see like the version on encore plus is, is actually one of the best i could find but made me wish that i could see like but it's like um, vhs like yeah or maybe a dvd transfer i'm not sure but Mm. it was full screen um but you can kind of tell that they there was some effort put in to make this movie look nice and so i was like "Mm, i kind of want to see like if if there's a better you know yeah yeah, yeah. you know aspect ratio that i could see this movie in but yeah malarick 1988 nice um, a good like dramatic thriller but also has some comedic stuff to it and interesting yeah i liked it okay it was really good yeah, it's, um, I feel like this comes up a lot. These movies that are actually good from Canada from a certain era that just disappeared. Yeah. And is it just the era where there's like less ex- less exposure? And like, I feel di- like nowadays it would be, I mean, there's more movies being made. So in terms of like uh, falling in between the cracks, I can still see that happening, but not like entirely disappearing. And yeah. Just like digital and movies will always be somewhere but in the vhs era if a movie's yeah. not making waves and apparently from I, canada it's uh it's doomed uh, yeah i feel like there's a there's a short um shelf life on canadian films yeah, um, yeah of and and maybe not even of a certain era sometimes i think like you know um there there's like canadian filmmakers that like pop and then there's some some films that pop and then mm-hmm. you know they kind of just get forgotten like even uh oh fuck the the two sisters that made dead hooker in a trunk and mm. american mary yeah. like like they were like really really popular and those movies were like oh these are these two like amazing talents out of canada or whatever but i feel like even now it's like i think they made some movies that people didn't like but but I also think that like people just sort of move on yeah. when it, when it's Canadian movies. Um, I guess if it's not like, um, you know, like genre movies, you know, like, uh, just hearing about this movie as well, this Malark movie, it sounds like just a drama, like a well-made drama. Yeah. This, these are the movies that are 
very prone to disappear. <laughs> like people yeah. who are into 80s stuff, like they don't really care if it's Canadian or American, like especially mm-hmm. now. And uh, I feel like back then it didn't really matter either. Uh, but just like plain dramas uh, that don't have big names. Yeah. Because they're, you know, like probably independent movies made in Canada. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the, so the other movie that's also on the Encore Plus, uh, YouTube account I wanted to spotlight, um, is also a drama from the late eighties mm. called, uh, where the spirit lives from 1989. Um, and this is a pretty, pretty bleak, pretty intense drama about this thing, uh, that happened in Canada called, um, the residential school system. Mm, okay. Um, and if you don't know what that is, this is something that like, I don't, uh, I think no. Yeah. So it's super, super fucked up. And it's something that Canada is like really reckoning with right now, because basically what oh, happened is, yeah, I think I know now actually. Yeah. yeah there, <laughs> there was this school system set up by the Canadian government yeah. that, um, basically was to um, educate indigenous children. Yeah, but yeah, basically yeah, what yeah. they did was like yeah. take them away from their families yeah, yeah, and yeah. abuse them. And then uh, more recently they like, I don't know if they demolished some or what, but they basically found like mass graves. graves. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like this incredibly fucked up thing. And so here's this movie from 1989. Yeah. Jesus. Like, uh, like before I feel like people were really reckoning with the fact that this was something our government did. I mean, I think people have been, but I think like a lot of us white people didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. Or like I wasn't even taught this. Uh, like I know some people that learned about it when they were growing up, but like, it was really like not something I knew about until later in life. So mm-hmm. that this move, this movie from 1989. Yeah. That's wild. Distra- that, that, that That's just from 1989. Like it's, yeah. it's already like telling you like this shit, is going on yeah it's, it's happened and no one's paying yeah. attention totally and so this is from the director of hello mary lou prom night 2 yeah i saw that just now um, bruce pittman <laughs> yeah and it's really good it, it's it because it's 1989 and because it's kind of like made for the canadian audience there there is like a well-intentioned like white Christian teacher that's kind of at the center of the movie where (laughs) like she's coming to this school and realizing that the school is like not all that she's been told it is. Yeah. Um, But there's also, um, there's also uh, an amazing performance by Michelle St. John uh, as like the, the main character who gets taken to the school. Mm -hmm. And, and like, it just feels like this is one of those things where it's like, people weren't really making movies. Um, for the mainstream audience about this. So there's like some softening of it, you know, it's, it's not like it doesn't show you as fucked up as the full picture, Okay, but that they were making it and that they have this amazing performance from Michelle St. John, that there's a really cool soundtrack from Buffy St. Marie. Mm. Um, Yeah. It's like, I feel like some people might not be able to look away that it's like kind of from a, colonial lens but yeah, yeah, yeah. um but it i think it is a really like, from this era movie yeah no that's so totally. uh, that's pretty cool yeah so nice. definitely an important canadian film um not so you know fucked up that you're gonna ruin your night by watching it <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah it's still a pretty intense thing but i really liked it and yeah it's just sitting there on and youtube on encore plus on youtube you can go check it out yeah and there's like no other way to see it just it's on youtube and that's that's all there is to it i guess 
I mean, not that I know of. Maybe there's maybe there's a DVD or something. Mm. There's no links know. on Letterbox, at least. Like usually, it will link to like uh, even Amazon if there's a disc version somewhere floating around. Yeah, there's like nothing I'm seeing here. So yeah. I don't think so. So yeah, thanks to that YouTube channel, then this totally. this movie lives. Yeah, cool. So check it out. Um, those are two Canadian films you can watch right now. Nice. Sounds good. What, what else? You you got something else you wanted to talk about, right? Um, yeah, I guess I last, <laughs> lastly, I will talk about, it's not a movie, but like the main thing that has been eating up my time and I've, uh, like if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know the origin story. Like I've uh, not shied away from um, basically I've always been sort of enamored by Tokusatsu uh like i grew up on on power rangers and uh, i've talked on the show as well about some toksatsu stuff uh, we we did the ultra 7 episodes for a while for crud buddies um but then a couple of weeks ago on on twitter um crud buddies member joey started like retweeting and talking about this show called space sheriff gavon um yeah and some really cool gifts, uh, like really psychotronic stuff. And this guy who sort of looks like a uh, like <laughs> Robocop with a couple more colorful buttons on his chest. Um, so we saw that. I was like, man, this, this show looks like really cool. I think I'm going to check this out. Uh, and then I did. And uh, I started watching a couple of weeks ago. There's like 44 episodes and I finished it today. Uh and it's it's really great. Like in terms of Tokusatsu, I haven't <laughs> seen many shows, but if this is the bar, then that's that's already like a pretty high bar to live up to. Uh, <laughs> I, I finished the show today, and I, I immediately followed up with the with the sequel series, Space Sheriff uh, Sharivan. Uh, and I already cal- can tell it's like very derivative of the the first Gavan mm. show, but in a way that uh, I've seen two episodes now actually. So far, I don't mind because it's very soothing and comforting to watch for me. Uh, it's very turn your brain off. And, you know, the reasons that I love like Showa era Godzilla, it's all like practical effects. It's like guys in yeah. rubber suits and it's um, and lasers and, and explosions and it's hand to hand combat and in these shows especially. And it's uh, it's super fast paced as well. Like the plots are so simple but they move and there, there's some like recycling of stuff. Like in every episode he has to transform, you know, like uh, um, uh, when the Power Rangers do their, it's more from time shit, you know, yeah. he has that thing as well. They always bring that back and there's like certain attacks that he does and um, machines that he summons. And there's, there's definitely like a, uh, a cheapness to that in terms of not always Mm -hmm. trying to go for something new. And you can tell this show was like, you know, it's a weekly show. Uh, You have to look at it in its context as well. And the place and time, like back then kids would like mainly kids, but I feel like it's definitely like in the case of Gavan, it's an all ages thing. Um, They would watch it weekly and in terms of other shows being on TV, there's not the kind of competition 
in terms of television shows that you have these days. Like mm. these days, if you watch a show and it's sort of like a little, a little bit repetitive, you just switch to the next show w w with one button and, and that's it. Yeah. But back in the day, you, you'd be sort of fine with it. And I, I grew to love the things they did over and over. Like there were certainly a couple episodes where like, okay, okay, I get it. I get it. But then other times I was, I was like waiting for those moments mm. as if it's like, I don't know, it's the visuals and the music is so well done that I sort of started looking at it as if it's sort of a, uh, you know, if you play a video game, you do the same kind of actions over and over and over. You, yeah. you know what that's like. You do that shit in Diablo all the time. Totally, yeah. <laughs> but it's a gameplay loop and you enjoy the gameplay loop. And yeah. that's why you don't tire of doing it. And it's always like <laughs> a little bit different than depending on the situation. Yeah. That's sort of how I started looking at this Gavan show. And like, I, I, I probably, I guess, like from my experience watching Power Rangers as a teenager as well, it's just a thing you like looking at and you don't mind looking at it like 40 times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I did. I, I don't really need to explain the plot. I guess this is just a Takasashi show. It's about a space sheriff and he comes to earth and he fights an evil organization of space aliens, but it's such Sweet. a visually intense show. Like every episode, the, the villain creates this like black hole around where the hero Gavon is fighting a monster of the week. And everything gets sort of like distorted and they have these crazy sets and backdrops of like, I don't know, uh, like a red sky with like planets, deformed planets. And sometimes they fight on like, because the black hole thing is deforming everything, uh, suddenly like Gavon will be fighting a monster on top of, it's just a, like a black screen with like a giant, uh, like a giant skull or something. And they're just like fighting on that skull, like projected onto that. <laughs> uh, or like a, a, a giant machine gun. That's all you see uh, on a black background. But then that's Gavon fighting the monster on there. They're doing all kinds of like crazy stuff with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's super cool. Like if you have any interest in Tokusatsu, I highly recommend Space Sheriff Gavon. And apparently it is one of the best shows. Uh, and, and lastly, I guess I'll also say that the music is so fucking good. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I maybe have a clip. Yeah, to please go ahead. Let's <laughs> listen to some music. so good so good so i good. that that's some bony now, bony m shit <laughs> yeah yeah um so you said there's more than one series right so which mm -hmm. one is the first one there's because i'm looking at the english translation i see space cop gavin yeah that's and, the one that's the first one okay gavin, that's first gavin one. that that's the first one and then the follow-up okay. what that i'm that i've started now is called cherivan um i don't know if it'll be you know uh when okay. i finished gavin i was like do i have more 
uh, tolerance for the same kind of show with just uh, a hero in a different color. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so far, two, two episodes in, I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm good to, to go for a little while. I don't know if I'll finish it because there's a third series as well. And uh, basically, there, there's like a couple of like main tokusatsu, like big franchises series, I guess. You've got Ultraman, which is like 10, 15 shows. You've got Kamen Rider, which is about the mm. same. You've got Super Sentai, which is where Power Rangers came out. That yeah. That's like a bunch. That's like 20, 20 plus shows. Um, also started in like the 70s, I, if I'm not mm. mistaken. Um, and then you've got Gavon, which kickstarted the Metal Heroes uh, okay. brand of Tokusatsu shows. And then you've got yeah. Gavon and the two follow-up shows, Sharivan and Shider. And then okay. they go on, but they're not as strongly related to those first three, which will have like recurring characters. Um, the the first two episodes mm. of Gavin yeah. and Sharivan are on YouTube officially, it looks like. Oh yeah, that's true on the Toy Tokusatsu yeah. channel. Yeah, yeah. If you want to see what that's like, I mean, if you watch that first episode, I guarantee if you have any interest <laughs> if, in like Psychotronic, I mean, if you're listening to the show, I, I almost assume you're into that kind of thing. The, even if you don't watch the entire show and you just watch those two episodes, I guarantee you will enjoy those two episodes because like i said the pacing and the editing is so fucking insane in that show i was <laughs> like just as an action movie fan as well you know like i'm a big hong kong action movie fan and then i'm also a huge godzilla fan and it felt like a fusion of those two things nice um just a really really good stuff Maybe um, I'll uh, I'll put the first episode before the movie on Sunday so I can watch yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, do that. Absolutely. I'm sure yeah. the others will enjoy that as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and also the, mu- the, the, the music as well that I just mentioned. It's like, you, you probably know at this point when this show came out. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that music, that's not 80s music. Is it? <laughs> I mean... A little, but a it, little. But it does. It does feel a little forward thinking. Maybe it, it's to, to me that show is like the the all the all of the music in the show is very seventies rooted. Oh, seventies! I thought you meant that like it was it was ahead of its time. No, no, no. I feel like <laughs> it's still stuck in the seventies, and it's like maybe, yeah. maybe the the one we listen to is a little bit more freaky sounding. But even the uh, the score. Uh, like not the mm. songs like they have like lyrics but the score that's used in the show as well it's very very 70s it's super nice. funky interesting disco stuff uh, <laughs> so i was actually shocked when i started watching that show and i was like man it's so the 70s show is pretty cool and then i look and i'm like wait 83 uh, yeah i guess it was like there's still that overlap yeah. but you're right it like i it does it's pretty late if you're saying it's super 70s the whole way through yeah, the yeah, show yeah. You're, it is. It, that maybe it does feel a little bit like yeah yeah it's like they're just like i don't know like a little bit behind maybe uh like I, 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 yeah i don't know like it's funny that my mind went to like oh he must mean that it's forward thinking music yeah yeah that's interesting i don't, <laughs> I don't know. know why my mind went to that. yeah i don't know either uh <laughs> but yeah i don't know it's it's also you know uh 83 you've already got like city pop and in, in, in japan and stuff but the music in the show is like so far removed from that it's just mm-hmm. stuck in a, in a previous era but it gives us an extra appeal to me uh because nice. you've got like the 
the 80s level effects and like uh, use of green screen as well. <laughs> There's like a sort of like Indiana Jones running away from a giant ball in a cave scene <laughs> that they recycle like two, twice or thrice. <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool as Amazing. well. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's been eating up a lot of my time as well. Like whenever I'm like, I could watch a movie or I could watch like, I don't know, like six episodes of Gavon and then I do that. <laughs> but now I'm done with Gavon. So I, I don't know. Like, I don't think I will like the follow-up show as much. Um, so I will probably be watching more movies again. There seems like a ton of Metal Hero series, right? Yeah, yeah. There, there's a bunch. Um, but yeah, like I said, those, those first uh, three are like the main ones. I don't yeah. know if I will go beyond because there's... If, if, if you really want to go like, I don't know, like balls deep on Tokusatsu, <laughs> you, you will spend decades <laughs> or, or have like decades <laughs> worth of stuff to watch. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't know if I will do that, but I'm happy. That's I, funny. Yeah. I'm happy I found like this one thing, at least like Gavon. I'm, I'm like pretty obsessed with it right now. I've been doing even drawings of Gavon and I found some like cheap merchandise because apparently Gavon came out and um and france as well uh, oh, as yeah. x or um and i bought <laughs> this like comic for five euros from some french guy on ebay and it has like uh i uploaded some photos as well you comment them on them it has like these childish you know yeah. like actually child drawings of uh gavon in the inside cover of the book and stuff and that's so awesome it's really cool and charming to see like you know some yeah. french kid just like really into Gavon, aka XOR, and I have that yeah. book now. <laughs> um, so good. Yeah, I think if I grew up with this stuff, I would have just toys coming out of my ass of, of this stuff. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I love this design as well of the Metal Heroes. Like, um, actually, have you ever, I, I, I assume you do uh, VR Troopers? Yes. Okay, so yeah, v- I remember VR so, Troopers. So, you know, Power Rangers. Uh, gets its footage from the, the Sentai, uh, Super Sentai shows from like two specific yeah. ones in the 90s. And VR Troopers uh, gets its footage from uh, one of the Metal Hero shows. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't know about that either. Like growing up, I, I watched some VR Troopers. Um, uh, yeah, as an adult, I'm aware that Power Rangers was not an original show. It came from like the fighting stuff from hmm. these original Sentai shows. But apparently VR Troopers as well. I think it's like, yeah, I'm... I'm just like I have a list of like Metal Hero shows open in front of me now. I think that like the 86 version, Jiku, Senshi, Spielbon. I think that's like VR Troopers. Okay. What they pulled that from. Yeah, wondering, yeah, which which they came from. Yeah, yeah. Well, it looks like it's based on three, it says. Oh, okay. It's based on Space Sheriff Scheider. Oh, okay. And then uh, Spielbon, the one you yeah. said. And then. Just Beyond, maybe? Uh, uh, Cho Shojinki. Uh, Chojinki Metalder. Yeah. Metalder, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, okay. I didn't even know that. Like that is coming from three shows. Maybe just like because there's like what does it say here? Like two seasons of the show or something. Oh, okay. Maybe they just like mix and matched a bunch of stuff from yeah, all three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know like Power Rangers did that as well. They they pulled all of their stuff from two major shows. Um yeah. so yeah. I, I kind of want to watch those as well. Like the original shows uh, i think it's called like uh kyoryu ju ranger uh which is like kyoryu means dinosaur and you hmm. know if you think back on mighty Morph- morphin power rangers uh those like the 
the metal beasts that they yeah. summon and their their helmet designs as well. They're all like dinosaur inspired mm. stuff. So in for a second, I almost said like, you know, I'm surprised that they didn't do this even more than mm. just, you know, VR. Those two, basically. Those two. But then I was like, no, I was on Wikipedia and there was another one, Big Bad Beetleborgs, which was uh, based on uh, Juco B-Fighter. Oh, really? Two, two B-Fighter shows. And I was like, I mean, I remember the name Beetleborgs oh, vaguely, but yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. they did do a, a, a few others. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't know Beetleborgs uh, was also based on. Yeah, I, I'm funny. I'm seeing this in the Metal Heroes list as well. The B Fighter, <laughs> uh, B Fighter Kabuto, B Fighter. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. That's funny. I know there's another show that played back when I was a kid, but I'm almost convinced that they just uh, made their own stuff. If you've ever heard of this one, it was called. Uh, Tattoo teenage alien fighters from Beverly Hills. <laughs> I vaguely remember oh, that you? name. <laughs> vaguely, it was like even as a kid, it was a pretty shitty show. But I would, <laughs> but I would still watch it because I was just into those. You know, I was a big Power Rangers kid. I, I, I didn't have the toys because I didn't like the quality of the toys as a little yeah. stupid kid. But I, I, I had the video game, the Super Nintendo game. I saw the movie in the theater. I had the VHS. Um, hmm. I would watch VR Troopers as well. Like Power Rangers would definitely be my main thing, uh, but then at one point this tattoo teenage show comes on as well, and I'm watching every episode, thinking, <laughs> "Yeah, this is kind of shitty, but whatever. I don't know. This is my yeah. jam." <laughs> I they did another one that was a a common rider. Oh, really? Masked Rider, oh. 1995. It was a hmm. um, interesting. The common rider Black RX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I guess not translation, but like I guess they just shot a bunch of new stuff and mm-hmm. took the fight scenes. Okay, I guess they did do it more than we. we yeah, because in my even. mind I was like, oh yeah, just like you know Power Rangers and then that VR one that like yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. remember as well, but I guess there was a bunch of other ones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've never really seen any Common Rider, so I will I don't know check some of that mm-hmm. stuff out as well. Um, uh, but yeah, that's that's uh, that's my thing though. Takasatsu. <laughs> nice. I mean, Takasatsu is it's a pretty broad. Thing. you know like godzilla and gamera that's tokusatsu as well tokusatsu just means special effects so yeah you know the special effects movies the tokusatsu movies that's usually kaiju stuff um mm-hmm. and then the tv shows is what we're talking about now so yeah. it's, it's not a stretch for me to be into this really like it's really yeah uh it's a surprise it took this long <laughs> Yeah, not so my final thing about this not to drag this stuff on too long but i know there was like like 10 or something Power Ranger shows, right? Like, were they all... I think was so. Was every single Power Ranger show based on... I think like, so, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, it has to be, almost. Because, like okay. I said, the Super Sentai shows, there's like, hold on, one, two, three, four, five, six. I don't know. There's, there's like 60 shows, I feel. Mm-hmm. Or 50, maybe. But every yeah. year, there will be a new show in Japan with a different... Like, even now, still... Um, like in 2020, you got Machine Sentai Kira Major or something. Um, and since Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, every year they would follow suit as well and just okay. use the new show or like the previous year's show and create their own American version. Okay, so yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to say there was a one of the spin offs I watched an episode or two of. Mm. And I'm trying to remember, it was like there was a 
there was like a dinosaur cop that like told them to go out and do a bunch of stuff. I'm trying to remember what the name of it was. If it I was, I believe it. <laughs> it was one of the later ones that I, okay. I, I watched it on YouTube, like a, a couple of years back. Yeah. Somebody said like, watch these, they're actually dope. And okay. it was, and I'm, I don't know if it had X in the title or uh-huh. what, I'll have to figure it out. <laughs> Cause I remember being like, this is actually pretty sweet. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like if you're wired for that stuff and yeah, you know, I, 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 I kind of forgot I am, but I, I really, really am. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what it was? Mm-hmm. It was power Rangers SPD and it wasn't a dinosaur. It was a dog commander who tells them McGruff. to go do their job or yeah. <laughs> Man, sweet. Yeah. Power Rangers yeah and I remember being dope. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, there's Sweet. the Japanese stuff and there's also the American stuff. There's, so there's a lot of like orange. I'm not super interested in the more modern stuff because what I really yeah. want to see is practical effects. Like, exactly. Like early tokusatsu, I want to see like shitty green screen and, and plastic miniature models uh, <laughs> transforming and all that stuff. And Exactly. Um, yeah, and outdated haircuts. That's the good <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that's the episode. Uh, thank you for listening. As always, go to credbuddies.club. You can find our Discord there and a link to our screening events for Sunday mornings. Mm. Um, otherwise, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at YCKMD underscore. And Carlo, where are you? Um, letterbox is like, um, I guess I'm less active, but still letterbox.com slash psychopike. Uh, otherwise on the other social media stuff, it's Carlo go Carlo. Yeah. Awesome. And you can go to, uh, not crowdbuddies.club. You can go to backdashrow.com for all your otherwise podcast and essay and movie review needs. Um, and otherwise we will see you later. Alligator. <laughs> And that's the end of the show. (laughs) Goodbye.